Welcome to the Hunter's Hub. This is Forts One, uh, your host, and joined tonight with me in, in the very stuttered. I'm really tired, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, is co-host Morgan Daddy? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing excellent. I'm hoping that everybody else is having a great day as well. And maybe co-host guest for now, Pan. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty great tonight. I've had a lot of sugar today, and I'm good to go. The kid yeah, I, is I, I have also had a lot of sugar. It has just Whoa. resulted in catastrophic crashes of <laughs> just falling asleep. My work schedule is borked. Anyways, <laughs> um, tonight we're going to be continuing our, you know, Hunter's Hub top 10 in a genre. Um, we are going to delve into a not very uh, often loved, but yet not very supported genre these days which is the real-time strategy or rts for short um this is that has a lot of games on this list and you're going to notice they all span within like a decade like within a single decade um yeah of gaming it's kind of like when we had that deluge of brown shooters in the uh later to later 2000 2000s early to 2010s mm-hmm. um so uh, it's 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 an interesting actual slice of gaming, um, but I, uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of different ones this time. So we probably should pretty much get into it. Um, and also, a lot of us are going to have some of the same things on our list, um, but I think we're going to be trying to vie for what are the 10 most notable for people to try out or at least talk about. So, mm-hmm. of course... A lot of people listening may have already played a lot of these games too. Not like they're super obscure genres. Yeah. So, um, Pan, what is what is a, a notable member of your list, which I'm sure is quite large? <laughs> it's actually not. Um, it's I've, not. I've played a lot oh, of okay. RTSs, but it's the same five games. <laughs> um, and uh, something that kind of important okay. to note is that I actually never played any of the Warcraft games, so Warcraft is not on my list. <gasps> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. There, there are a few on my list that I, that I have played for maybe a matter of minutes or half of a match. Um, but mostly by reputation and the mechanics that I enjoyed, I've never been a big RTS player. But I think that there's strengths to these at times yeah so so okay so let's um just right off the bat i just want to start with my favorite rts um and that's going to be age of mythology Mm, that's such a good oh yeah that's on here um yeah that's a good one yeah it is yeah it's (laughs) It's a fantastic game yeah if i i don't know anyone who's into rts's who hasn't heard of it but in case you haven't heard of it (laughs) It is a spin-off of the Age of Empires games, except you uh, you have god powers that you can use to smite the other players, and you have mythical monsters yes. as your units. Um, I always played exactly one person in that game. I always played the Egyptian god Set. Uh, always. Okay. Because having an army of... of uh, possessed giraffes and crocodiles is just hilarious. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite. <laughs> it's amazing being able to 
just like command like all like the wildlife that's in an area and just send them in as troops that's usually yep. really fun playing with, as the egyptians with their that. evil red glowing eyes it's amazing mm-hmm. yeah actually it's really the the great thing about um age of mythology is that um for each one there's um there are certain mechanics to each one of them that makes them very distinct and unique like yes it, for, mm-hmm. for the Greeks and the Egyptians, I think you have to, like, pray at altars and stuff like that in order to be able to gain, like, extra favor. The, uh, um, in order... Yes, the Greeks pray at the altars, but the Egyptians build monuments, and then the monuments just generate yep. the, the favor. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you'd build pyramids or statues or... Yeah. Yeah, you would just have to build extra buildings, which, I mean, it is an RTS, so you're building stuff anyways. Yeah. Um, While the Vikings, they got to just go in there and just smash everything because that's just a part of, like, their culture where, you know, they, they gain God's yeah. favor by being it, by going in and just wreaking havoc on everybody. Yes, yes. And, so fun. Yeah, and then later on there were the Atlanteans, and I think that Atlantean citizens just generated favor from the gods by living. Oh. I think that's what they did. I'm trying to remember now. It's been a while since I played, and Atlanteans were my favorite. Um, yeah, I'm pretty hmm. sure that the, the the villager units, which are called citizens, just slowly uh, generated favor. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's so cool. Oh, yeah, Atlanteans are broken as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I exist, therefore I have currency. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, and, like, Atlantean villagers don't have to take resources back to a storage pile. They just, as soon as they collect it, it's, it's uh, available. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's why they're stupid good. That, yeah, no doubt. Jeez. Now, oh my God. I mean, that's like a trope of, like, RTSs in general get the collectors going like yeah yeah exactly um they do have like a really low cap on how many uh villagers you can have though okay that makes yeah yeah it balances them a, a little, little sense not much do they also have like the attack strength of like uh, a middle grade warrior <laughs> from another <laughs> faction um i don't know because they're really expensive. Like, they're the most expensive villager oh, yeah. to make, so I, I, like, usually try to keep them safe. But, um, I don't know if you guys knew this, Age of Mythology received a new expansion, I think, two or three years ago. <gasps> no way! Yeah. Uh, so that's that's been a trend of some games lately. Uh, so one of my favorite uh, RTSs, Age, uh, not Age, <laughs> Titan Quest. Mm-hmm. was a game from 2006 so you know in this era that we're talking about you just got an expansion last year so 13 years later it got uh got its third expansion so that's been happening a lot lately um so <laughs> i'm surprised but not uh but they also brought it back uh to some degree yeah yeah the, 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 they had like a not a re-release but some sort of online thing it was just terrible um, I never, I never tried the online thing, but I know that they basically re- released a remastered version on Steam, and I bought it a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Holy I, cow! I've got to find like my old uh, playable disc for Age of Empires because that game was so fun to get, like so fun to play. 
It was really tricky. Like, uh, my brother and I, um, I think his favorite was the Vikings because um, he could just go in there and just fight people, get into combat, and then, like, eventually he would gather up so much of the, so much favor that he would be able to just summon fire giants, which would do, like, extra damage to, like, constructs yep. and, like, siege weapons. And it was, oh, it was so good. It was... <laughs> Going in there with hydras was really fun, too, because I think, like... Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, like, the more creatures that they kill, like, the more heads they would get, and then they would just do more damage the yes. longer they stayed alive. They were just fantastic. And, um, I think... What was it that they had set up? It was, um, like, mythical beasts and monsters would do more damage to common units. Heroes would do more damage to monsters. And then, uh, I think regular people could just, uh, kill heroes a little yes. bit more easily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the triad. And then there's also, like, a bows, horses, and swords triad as mm -hmm. well. Right. Huh. I, uh, as much as I love hydras, I never used one, uh, except for in the scenarios. Oh. You, you should, you should really, uh... Play, play the Greeks as often as you can. Try and get a lot of favor and, like, just build an army of Hydras because they're... Oh, they're a really good tanking unit. My goodness. Yeah. One, my, one of my favorite things to do with the Greeks was just to, like, go hard for uh, Hephaestus as my, like, mythic uh, hero and then get that, mm -hmm. get that fucking vault and then, like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just it doesn't matter. I'll just keep cranking out like I'll just keep cranking out units forever and just s tell them to go gather in the middle of the enemy city. They can't stop me. I've got infinite food now. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, there was a lot of good features in that game. Like there was all kinds of like destructive features that you could have. You could cause earthquakes. You could summon lightning. You could um, like conjure up like hordes of like snakes to create like difficult terrain that would attack yep. people and stuff yeah. like that. Like there was a lot yeah. you could do in that game, and that that really helped it stand out from a lot of uh, other RTSs. Was being able to use like godly features in order to try and get an edge over other people. Yeah. So uh, uh, this was created, but uh, uh, in 2002 by Ensemble Studios and Skybox Labs, mm. um, working together. I, I assume is is what I found from the uh, the at least the Wikipedia stuff. So. Um, this is actually, uh, I don't know of anyone who has played this and hasn't held this in high regards. Um, and it certainly was sort of like, in my opinion, the pinnacle of the Age of series, Age of Empires, you know, however many they made, and then the Age of Mythologies. Um, it had a nice twist of bringing that sort of fantastical element in them where most of the games in these genres ended up being sort of pseudo real world stuff. Uh, you didn't see a lot of fantasy in those things, mm. typically. Aside from aside from uh, you know the biggest one, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't see very many fantasy RTSs, huh? <laughs> I mean, you had Warcraft and you had Starcraft, and then some smaller ones like I think it was Wizards or some, Wizards of something. Um, and then one that I'm going to talk about today that I'm pretty sure you guys hadn't heard about. I'd be surprised if you did. Um, uh, and then, like, that's it. But, the, like, a, the majority of them ended up being in the vein of Age of Empires or that kind of thing where you're playing with, like, almost real-world factions and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. At least that's how I remember it. <laughs> 
I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Typically, typically RTS was very um, archetypical for having like a lot of like science fiction or very technologically advanced based uh, factions for a lot of like the teams that you could play as. And right. I believe, but I believe Halo, aside from um, uh, other games like StarCraft, were sci-fi based. But I mean, I don't think that um, it was like the best. RTS, like it was probably the most successful that you could play on console, but um, I don't think it was like I know there are going to be Halo fans that are going to hate me for saying this, but yeah, we'll get into it. It's actually on my list. Ooh, Uh, yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, So, Age of Mythology sounds like a for sure on our list. I think Morg, it sounds like you had it on yours. It's definitely on mine. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's definitely all right. (laughs) So, yeah. Age of Mythology is definitely, definitely something that we all played mm-hmm. and seem to enjoy. So, how could we not recommend that? Yeah, it was fantastic. It's a it's it a was. very it's a very strong pick. Like it's definitely one of the best choices for RTSs as far as like, um, I I, I guess you, well I'm not going to say originality, but for like flavor, it, it really stands apart from mm-hmm. a lot of RTSs. Well, I mean, the extra resource of favor was mm-hmm. a bit original. Like, yeah. I don't know of a lot of things that had that sort of extra currency. You know, unless you get into, like, I don't know, cell phone games these days. Mm-hmm. Gotcha games, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it was done in, you know, an in-game mechanic thing and not... Yeah, let's just just not get into the... <laughs> We're not going to talk about gotcha games. No. <laughs> I the, detest the, those. The, the Monster Hunter stuff is too fresh. <laughs> so quick real quick before so you know pan um there was a we thought was going to be a sequel to a spin-off of monster hunter ended Mm -hmm. up being a gotcha game in japan only i'm so sorry yeah your own personal diablo mobile yeah oh boy (laughs) diablo yeah i don't want to talk about i don't want to talk about that one either (laughs) oh my god diablo immortal I oh, saw no. I saw the video for for Diablo's Immortals announcement. It was so funny. Oh my god! People were like, "Is this like an out of season April Fool's joke?" And they're like, "No, no, no. We're actually this is actually." A thing. Do you guys even have cell phones? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! It was so funny. It's like, uh, is this ever going to be re- released for PC at all, or is it, or is it just going to be on phones? Uh, we have no plans for it being on PC. I mean, like. Uh, it's just going to be on the phone. And everybody's like, boo. And they're all like, well, you have cell phones, right? Like, everybody here has a phone. <laughs> Do you people not have phones? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Blizzard. That just... poor guy. On, that poor guy on stage. He, uh, he looked like he was about to cry. It was, oh, my God. Oh, it was so no. sad. It's, I mean, I don't remember his name right now, and I should. But he was actually a very beloved community manager of the Diablo community for a long yeah. time. And then he did that, and everyone's oh. like, nope, fuck him, get him out, bye, see <laughs> That was ya. so sad. So incredibly sad. <sighs> so bad. Anyways, Back Morg. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, Morg, so what's what's a, what's a one that you're bringing to the table tonight? Okay, yeah, this this one's a no-brainer, okay? It's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be StarCraft Brood War, or at least um, um, we're just going to call it StarCraft number one because it's... It, it's definitely one of the big ones that really, 
I don't I don't know if I should say that it really caused like a big explosion in RTSs, but it was a, it was one of the really big ones. I mean, like it, well, it got it, so out of hand in Korea that it well, it spawned esports. Period. Like it's <laughs> it just, spawned oh, esports. Yeah, I've I've got to say it's probably it's probably one of the best ones. Like. Um, th there is a surprisingly good amount of balance between all the different races. Um, Protoss, unfortunately, I think might actually be the weakest of them. But, I mean, uh, between Zerg and Terran, um, those ones are probably the craziest ones. Um, some of the matchups in them are just absolutely insane. Um, unfortunately for, uh... Uh, Zerg versus Zerg, it's not really as much a matchup as it is a race to see who can create the most Zerglings and Mutalisks because that's as far as up the uh, the unit composition or at least the build tree that you could go before the other person was just racing into your base and just killing you with everything. Um, right. And as far as like Terran versus Terran, it was just siege tanks. It was just lines and lines of siege tanks and a good amount of air support to try and help give those tanks that extra sight because they could actually they could shoot farther than they could see. So the idea would be you would create a, a, these huge lines of tanks to try and um, uh, contain your opponents, and that way they wouldn't be able to build their economy efficiently. And then using a bunch of flyers to, for them to get the range, but also to get efficient drops um, to uh, disrupt their line of tanks or to try and get into um, uh, their uh, their bases where they would have all their economy running and stuff like that and all their production and try and cause chaos in there and yeah or trying this, to work your way up to battle cruisers. So but is this basically RTS like um, trench warfare? Uh, basically, it is. Uh, think of it as like uh, huh. the Iron Curtain. That's basically what Terran versus Terran is. It's it's a battle for economy and just you know just have, trying to have the bigger stick. That's basically what Terran versus Terran is. Um, some of the more interesting matchups would probably be Terran versus Zerg or Terran versus Protoss, because um, for Terran when they're fighting Protoss, the big the big unit compositions would be different than when you're fighting Zerg. The, the big compositions would be, um, let me see, uh, they would be science vessels to try and um, view cloaked units. They would be vultures to deal with the zealots and also to lay out spider mines so that way you had clear map vision. And so you'd had an idea of like where the Protoss army was going to be at all times. And tanks to try and um, just deal as much damage as you could to dragoons and to ground units. And then... Um, for Protoss, they were the mobile army, so they would consist largely of dragoons, observers, and zealots, and they would just try their best to try and get around the map, move around, and then look for opportunities to be able to look for weak points in the in this very strong Terran army that was largely not the most mobile, but very, very powerful. They, You would not want to get into direct confrontations with them. And mm -hmm. you would also want um, Arbiters to be able to cloak your units and also to be able to teleport them into certain areas where it would be very accessible and where the Terran um, bases would be most vulnerable. Those were, those were really fun fights to watch because it was a very intense game of cat and mouse for those, for those units. For yeah. Zerg and Terran, it's, it's very textbook. Um, the idea would be Zerg would be very powerful at the very beginning. So, 
Yeah, uh, and um, for for Terran, it was basically yeah. kill them before they get too strong. Yeah, it was early yeah. game versus late game. Yeah. So um, basically, StarCraft is severely notable for not only um, the high level strategy and and uh, some people argued uh, once Bird War came out, mm-hmm. the most balanced uh, PvP experience that you could have in a game. Yeah. Um. I don't. I know. You know. Like, I didn't play it to that level. Mm-hmm. I only played the campaign. Um, I've never been a, much of a competitive player. Yeah. On anything, but um, except for Overwatch. But <laughs> yeah. I'll, honestly, um, like, yeah. I'll, I'll never be as good as any of those professional players. But my God, the games were just so good to watch. Like watching like the Zerg well, take advantage of the Terran, and then the Terran would bounce back with like when they once they started getting siege tanks and Marines and medics and like the works and stuff like that, and science vessels going around, and then the Zerg would be on the back foot trying to establish as many bases as it could while putting in like mutilisk harassment, trying to get up to hive techs, and that way they would get like um, defilers um, to be able to put down plagues and like those. Um, I think they were called Dark Swarm. Dark Swarm would make it so that projectile attacks would not be able to hit any of their units if they were in the cloud, which, like, it, it was a crazy back and forth watching those games, especially with, like, um, I think it was uh, Yon versus, uh, what's his name? Oh, my God. He was, he was like, the best Terran player. Um, oh, if I could remember. B- no, it wasn't Bisu. I can't remember, but anyways, yeah, those those two guys would just go at it, and they were just absolutely insane watching those games. Like lurker drops were some of the craziest things I'd seen. Um, but and then like, yeah, there's just so much to to tell about StarCraft that it, it's just <laughs> my god. Like, don't take my word for it. Like, just go and watch some of those old games, and you'll be just absolutely astounded with the level of technicality of strategy that comes into those kinds of games it just makes it absolutely phenomenal to watch uh, what i was going to try to say morg is that we don't need to go into every detail of how the competitive <laughs> scene went sorry it's um, just oh it's just so phenomenal oh it's it's definitely it's known for for having such a a, a rabid fan base that even started I don't know of any game before that that really got esports going. Yeah. Not that other esports games didn't exist. It's that it took off the in the biggest way. Now mm-hmm. StarCraft really isn't talked about in esports. We're talking about League of Legends or CSGO or that kind of things mm-hmm. nowadays. Um But at this point, yeah, I mean StarCraft, I don't is any objections to StarCraft going on the list? Nope. Not at all. Like, it really set a precedence for, like, how, um, I don't want to say capable, but, like, how incredible RTSs can be when, when they have, like, certain mechanics brought into it. Like, you know, whether it be, like, basic units or, like, casters in, in the games. So this was, um, just for... Uh, prosperity's sake or prosperity I don't know however, whatever the phrase is uh, this is Blizzard Entertainment uh, mm-hmm. in 1998 was the original release of the game uh, Brood War I didn't really look up when that came out I believe it was, it was a, either maybe a year or two later I believe it was like 2002 or 2004 I think it might have been 2004 when Brood oh, War was okay. released okay so yeah there's there's quite a bit of uh, 
time actually there for brood war i I think that was the case though and Mm -hmm. i don't i I don't think i ever had brood war personally i think i only had the base game you have to Um, go and get it you have to play it. it's so good as much as i have played a lot in this genre um probably my least favorite that we're going to talk about like uh my my strategy is not supported in these games the the way i like to play Mm -hmm. no um which will bring me up to one of the games I'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, which is one of my favorites because it actually supported that strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'll go ahead and since we mentioned it earlier, uh, talk a little bit about Halo Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why... So this is done by Ensemble Studios. Uh, so also the people who did Age of Mythologies. Oh! In case you guys are uh, paying attention. The, the, at least the original Halo Wars. Yeah, that's uh, Halo Wars. Me. Two was done by Bungie, which is more known for doing Halo, yeah. right? Or the original Halos. Um, now they're known for making um, that game that always tricks me into buying it. Destiny. There you go. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I'm, I have a love-hate relationship with Destiny. Mm-hmm. But uh, Halo Wars, I think the reason why... There's two reasons why I think it's a notable entry in the series, although I'm not sure that it really has a spot in the top ten. Um, but I think it's worth talking about, and the fact that it was the first and yet one of the latest like big entries into the genre, yet the first to really make it do well on a console. Mm-hmm. Um, traditionally, and I think even to this day most rts's exist on a pc platform yeah and that's it yeah well it's, it's um, just so hard to make it work on console yeah with right. having with having to use like mouse controls where you have to like rapidly like click or like box in a huge number of units and then having to take control of all those hotkey commands um and I suppose I should point this out. Like, RTSs, they have a number of resources that you have to manage in, or- in order to be able to play those games. Oh, yeah, we did not define this like we said. Yeah, so, uh, okay, so yeah, I'll help define this. So, the basis of the game is you are um, fighting either another person who is a player or a, or a computer opponent. That's typically what it is. It's, you're it's you're fighting you another them. entity. Yeah, you're, it's I a you a versus them thing. Um, you have to manage resources. You have to build um, some sort of a base or a settlement or whatever it may be. And then you have to construct an army in order to be able to combat your opponent. Now, for resources, it can be anything from like wood to meat to minerals to gas or whatever it is. But the most important one that is a fundamental for all of them is time. And you have to really manage your time very, very efficiently, which is something, unfortunately, that you can't really do if you're playing it on a console. It's it's not as efficient, and you will find yourself um, actually like on the losing front more often than not when you're trying to do it on a console. Because with a mouse and a keyboard, you have access to all those hotkeys, and your your actions per minute can like skyrocket on a keyboard and a mouse as opposed to like when now- you're trying to do things on a console controller. Now let me let me. This is why I wanted to bring up Halo Wars. And again, I'm not I'm not going to say it deserves a spot on the list, but Halo Wars actually did a lot to mitigate what you're talking about and have a lot of ways of doing hotkeys on a controller. Oh, um, so the there 
I have not personally played Halo Wars, but I did read a lot about it at the time where I don't know what the exact inputs are, but basically you start drilling down menus really quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And you snap to areas and then you place what you want. So like moving around the screen isn't necessarily the hang up. It's the hotkeys that you're talking about, right? So burying like trees of menus is -hmm. actually a, a quick way for a console to do it. Um, an example of this actually working out pretty well is, is a game we talked about last week, which is City Skylines on the Switch. Mm. There are so many different things to build in that game, but it's actually fairly easily used because of a radial menu. So you pop in, I'm going to oh. pick this category. I have a radial menu of this is how many I can pick. And sometimes that radial will drill down to another level. Now, that gets really complex, but... Radial menus have been kind of used as a quick way to swap. Um, Doom 2016 did this also Mm -hmm. uh, for consoles. Uh, I think it even does it in the PC version, Mm -hmm. uh, which you can just shortcut it by hitting one of the numbers on the top of the (laughs) keyboard for the different weapons um, and not use the radial. But yeah, so radial menus have really... And uh, Halo Wars, I believe used not if they didn't use radio menus they used something to do a quick input mm-hmm. to pull things down um and 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 then of course if you think about it halo wars was also console only so if you're playing against another person they have the same limitation anyways yeah so yeah radio menus do provide a lot of convenience and for a wide variety of games like even like um uh What's a couple of examples? So like uh, some some rogue games use them. Um, not so much fighter games like first person shooters. I think use them as a lot as well. But like, well, I mean, you could technically count the different moves on different inputs being a radio. I mean, <laughs> yeah. a fighting game doesn't uh, doesn't Monster Hunter World use that? I mean, I turned yes, it off now. It does because I hate yes. it. But... Yes, not a lot of people use it. Uh, I used it fairly fairly often uh, it actually ended up replacing because the the scrolling of items you could get so many items it took too long for me so i actually yeah. ended up using the radio i i, I main sword and shield so i understand but yeah. i just like i just kept trying to scroll for my items and it kept fucking me up so i turned it off mm. yeah i use ra- yeah i use i mean radio. old habits die hard that's a that's a very ingrained monster hunter thing is going scrolling through those items mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I only ever use radial menus for like um, for like combining certain materials and stuff like that. For example, if I'm like going in as a gunner, it's it's extremely convenient to be able to just craft all of your materials that you need for more ammo if you happen to run out. Oh no! Yeah, I would I would use the shortcuts for emotes and stuff all the time on radio men, radial menus. I, I mean I I deck those things out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so back on topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so uh, just to reiterate our um, our definition of an RTS. Definition, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to have a base. You have yes. to have resources mm-hmm. you manage. Yes. Mm-hmm. There has to be an enemy you fight. It can be a human or it can be an AI. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, there, did it, and there has to be a time component. Yeah, yeah, there's typically a time component. Yeah, there's, there's time to... Okay, then. Uh, I suppose. Then... I suppose that I don't... we should probably talk. Oh, I forgot to mention. Yes, there's a certain build order for um, 
like uh, what kind of armies you're going to be making because there's so many different Are you varieties trees? of trees. Yeah, well, I mean, like uh, for certain people, there's a specific order of certain buildings. Uh, you're talking optimal strategy versus yeah, definition. Yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose you're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. So by by our <laughs> definitions, then I submit that Pikmin is an RTS. Pikmin? It don't, oh no no that most certainly is yes oh. it's an adventure RTS but yes there are real time holy strategy shit components how did I it. not put that on here oh. <laughs> oh I love Pikmin see that's the thing is there's so many games in here no Pikmin is an RTS there is a time component there is you, have you are base. managing resources you have to build, you have you have a to base. build an army oh my god yeah oh, it is it is an RTS <laughs> and you. No, it is. Like <laughs> I knew I knew that in the freaking GameCube days when I got one. Uh, uh, I completely overlooked it. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean I did too, because I'm some more thinking about the traditional ones. But yeah, Pam, obviously <laughs> that's on your list, so let's talk about it. Alright, so um the original Pikmin on the GameCube, um I uh little side story here. Um back when all the Kmarts were shutting down, you know? I bought mm-hmm. the original Pikmin for like five bucks at a Kmart that was closing down. I had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. I just liked the cover art. And I took it home and I spent probably the next two days doing nothing but playing it. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's it's so great. Uh, um, yeah, so for... I ended up getting it, like, because of the commercials. Okay. And I got it as soon as I could. I got, I got a GameCube for Christmas when I was, like, in eighth grade. And, uh... Pikmin and Luigi's Mansion were the two games I got, and I I just dove into Pikmin. So it's like like the same thing. Oh man, I love Pikmin. So okay, so for those who have never played Pikmin, who weren't like Nintendo mains or whatever, Pikmin is a weird mm-hmm. little game that comes from the uh, mushroom hallucinations of Shigeru Miyamoto. Yep. He saw little bugs and ants like crawling around in his garden, and he wanted to make a game about like ant armies doing things. And mm-hmm. it turned into this game where you are this, like, little teeny tiny space explorer who gets stuck on what must be post-apocalyptic Earth. And They very much hint at it, yeah. Yeah, yeah it must yeah. be post-apocalyptic Earth. So, And there are these little, like, vegetable-animal hybrid creatures that obey the alien guy's whistle. And he uses the little vegetable animal creatures to help him find the missing parts to his spaceship and rebuild his spaceship. Because he's going to run out of carbon monoxide soon and he can't breathe oxygen. So he's got only 30 days mm-hmm. to build his spaceship and go home. I love how it's an extremely deadly gas for us that he needs to breathe. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, Captain Captain Olimar. Is, yeah, Captain Olimar. Yeah. And, uh, and then in Pikmin 2... Uh, the the like space corporation that Olimar works for like wants to harness the power of Pikmin for capitalism, so they send yes yeah so they send everybody back to Earth to basically like find as much crap as they can that can be sold uh that can be sold to like the the little weird aliens. Yep, there's um, and then uh, Pikmin three. Did you play this one, Pan? I did. I love Pikmin 3 as well. I didn't like it as much as Pikmin 2, but I did love it. Oh, Pikmin 2. For So, like, if I were to rank them, 3 is my my top and between the three of them, and then 2 is my least favorite. Oh, so, my gosh. Really? That's that's a funny, yeah, that's Fort a funny one. 
controversial yeah. much. I, I mean, I'm always <laughs> controversial, and I don't try to be. It's just, it, just have opinions. <laughs> Fortuan, you are an um, entertainer. You're not entitled to have an I opinion. I like the con. No. <laughs> I like the I like the concept because you're actually trying to help a food shortage in the third one. Yeah, yeah, in the third so you, one, like the yeah, there's a food shortage on Olimar's home planet. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they send people to go save their planet because they know there's food on the Pikmin planet. Um, so if we were to pit, put one on here between the three, is it one, two, or three that deserves to be on there? In my opinion, I think it's one. I think it is the most. I don't know, iconic of the three. The other ones, they're good and they're known, but um, it's not its not my favorite. But I think Pikmin 1 is the one that really was more of an RTS than the other two also. Yeah, I think so too. Because, it's Yeah, mm-hmm. Pikmin 1's mo- definitely more of an RTS because the focus is more on like fighting the monsters and choosing the Pikmin that are best at fighting certain monsters. Whereas the, yeah, the other right. ones, it's more about the puzzle of trying to get the things... Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, and it's not very often that you have um, a puzzle element in an RTS also, which also made it, it makes it... Not only is it unique in the fact that, like, it's Pikmin, right? Pikmin is a unique game in itself. <laughs> uh, but it's unique in uh, it's bringing puzzle elements into a basically an RTS uh, scheme. And that you're also mostly... Not so much in the later game. Uh, you're not really doing a lot of management of separate uh, entities. Mostly, you're following Amalmar with a hundred Pikmin and solving the challenge in front of you. Yeah. You don't do mm-hmm. you don't do a lot of switching back and forth. Number three did a ton of switching back and forth. Yeah, it did. Uh, which made it more annoying than helpful. But yeah. Uh, so I think Pikmin goes on the list. The question is, which one? So um, I, I'd probably go with Pikmin 1 because it does seem more of the RTS than the other two. The other two kind of lean harder into the, the puzzle aspect of Pikmin. Sure. Yeah. Morg, are you in agreement? Yeah, yep, okay. I'm in consensus with this. All right. Although I, 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 um, I will say just real quick, the, the, the best thing about the Pikmin series is like the marketing names they make for the junk you find in Pikmin 2. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of them, but yeah, they are hilarious. Like, for one, he digs and, up, like, a bottle, like a tube of Carmex, and it's literally a tube of Carmex. It's not, like, a fake brand. And it gets... Yeah. The, uh, the ship, like, it runs its marketing algorithm and calls it the healing cask. Oh, my yes. God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. D- now, that's where a lot of that came in, was number two. They gave a lot of crazy... Because you had a lot more things to get in number two. Yeah. There wasn't... Um, there they did made some weird names for the fruits in number three, but that was about it. Number one, you were mostly gathering your ship yeah. parts, so you didn't have to. But yeah, two is where a lot of that humor came in, and I can see that. Mm-hmm. I just I don't like the this the vast openness of two's timeline. I think that was weird. It made it feel grindy. I don't know. <laughs> that was my problem with it. Um, okay. So that one threw me for a loop because I totally forgot about it and I totally would have put that on here. See, like, every time I think about it, there's another game I add to the list and add to the list and add to the list because there's so many, even though it's a it's a very packed genre, or it's certainly much bigger than what we talked about last week, Yeah. Um, 
there was a lot of creativity and innovation that you know kind of helped it thrive that that pretty much decade um i don't know when pikmin came out pikmin one it's developed by nintendo yeah but it was like oh gosh whatever year i was eighth grade as i hang on hang on just we have google that. we have the google <laughs> i'm gonna age myself by saying that one October sixth or October twenty sixth, two thousand one is when Pikmin one came out. There we go, two thousand one. Cool. <laughs> it was a GameCube launch title. I didn't know that. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, I had a GameCube almost. God, at it still it looks so pretty. It did. No, like it, like the graphics on it have held up, like nice. It's amazing. Yeah, but, but that's. That's the magic of Nintendo that yeah. people make fun of them for. They're like the Disney of video games, I swear. No, they, they, they really <laughs> are. Um, uh, and uh, Pikmin 4 will someday eventually exist. It's like Miyamoto's pet project that Nintendo won't give him any funding for. Yeah. Which you I know, don't understand that at all. He said it was done, like, before the Switch came out. Huh, okay, so, like, that, I don't, okay that, that contradicts something I read, but no, keep going, because I want to believe. I, I, but that was hearsay. Like, I, that was just, like, reports, or he said that it's pretty much done, and it was, like, when we were the big hype drive for what the Switch was oh, in uh, huh. 2016, 2017. So, like, we thought it was going to be a launch title, and then it wasn't, and then we haven't heard anything and since. And there was that and spin-off actually, game that's not really a Pikmin game. Oh, yeah, no. Ignore it. Don't even, don't even talk about it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll talk about one of mine on the list since uh, I mean I had to take that diversion for Pikmin. That was that was a good one. Um, we already kind of talked about Halo Wars. Actually, that was on my list. But uh, um, one of that I wanted to talk about, and this is the one I'm going to get into. You guys probably haven't heard of, which is Warlords. Battlecry 3. Oh. Uh, so this was made by Infinite Interactive in 2004. And I have played this game off and on several times uh, since. I actually replayed it a bit last year. Um, it's a very, tr very traditional RTS in the sense of StarCraft, WarCraft kind of thing. However, the game modes are a little different because it follows what Warcraft 3 has which is a hero unit um, that is sort of like a commander of your army right? Mm -hmm. So you have like a, a, an actual like hey I'm going to lead this. It mixes in some Dungeons and Dragons elements though. So you your hero unit you create them they have a class and they are actually separate. So you actually select a character and then go into a game. And you actually select a different army for your class. But depending on the race... So it's you have a race and class that you pick for your hero. Uh, depending on some of the stuff that was set up. And they have stats and items. Like they actually have slots for items. This, this was Warlords um, 3 you said? Warlords Battlecry 3. Oh, Warlords Battlecry 3. Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I know it's on GOG. I own it on GOG. I don't know about Steam. Yeah, I'm just kind of um, looking up. Because you're right. I have, have never heard of this, but it sounds neat. 
Mm-hmm. I picked it up at an FYE for like five bucks when I was in like high school. Oh so, god, that cover art. Oh yeah, it's terrible. Oh, it but, is amazing. <laughs> that is I, I, that is wonderful. They invented some abdom some ab muscles for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, so basically, what makes this one unique is your hero unit. Um, Oh, yeah. No, they did. <laughs> um, and it's very dated as far as looks go. It looks terrible. If you yeah, I, I, I've seen some screenshots now. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's unique in the fact that hero unit, you can get items for them. They level up. They can have spells depending on their class. And there's a lot of classes and a lot of races to choose from. Um. So you can make yourself like a lizard man necromancer that leads an undead army. Or you can be a lich that leads a minotaur army. And the armies are varied also. And they all have their own special buildings and units and that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's become, become... See, this is more of a personal favorite more than like this is a, a, a great game. But there are some things about it that I really like. For instance, I'm not big on the traditional style of how a RTS goes where you have to sort of eliminate every other unit and building to win. Because that that makes them some, for some grindy games and some shenanigans too. Uh, like hiding a unit. Um, Morg, uh, you're, you're familiar with Wolfie. Wolfie does our music here. Yeah. Um, we had an episode of Wolfie and so Hellkite on, and we they like argued over a past game of Age of Empires, where she survived by running away in a boat with a single villager because you had to kill. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, oh, that's dumb. <laughs> oh man, that's she so was. Dumb. I love it. <laughs> she was uh, very into. Um, very 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 into that strategy and so hellkite was not and they got in an argument actually on the the episode that they were on with uh with me about a year or two years ago uh <laughs> and that was that was really funny it's where he called her a potty mouth and that was it was so funny because she got so offended from that and i'm like that's such a okay <laughs> i love it you know what it, it's a viable strategy it's dirty and but <laughs> yeah it works it uh, works so anyways, it start, there's a game mode that circumvents that kind of style, and it's called Assassination. And the literal whole point is to kill the enemy commander. That's it. You don't have to kill any buildings, any other units, so you're both protecting your commander, which arguably like is your most powerful unit. Um, so not using him is going to hamper your ability, because they can do so much stuff. Also, you want to use them to level them up, too. Yeah. So, like, it's a risk-reward of using your commander. Um, and you can also do stuff like quests and that kind of thing. You'll go up to, like, a, an obelisk and it'll say, Hey, if you sacrifice X amount of servants to me, I will give you a powerful unit. Or I'll give you a powerful item. Or that kind of thing. And that's how you got uh, your items to equip. You get mm-hmm. swords and shields and boots and hats and like you get like it was a full like you know like uh, it was very to me it felt like rts plus dungeons and dragons yeah and obviously i'm a huge dungeons and dragons fan so 
Uh, I've always enjoyed that one. Um, it's also got some really just like cheesy voice lines too. You can there's units that are angels, and every time that they move, they go for the light. <laughs> <laughs> I think and that enemy like, got the point. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, the the wraiths and the ghosts and that kind of stuff kind of share some uh, um, voice lines, but one of them is like let us flee and it's like all evil sounding and stuff and i just i love it um i don't know if we'll put this one on the list but i think it's notable because of specifically of how they treat a hero character in an rts they sort of made like here is your mvp unit and (laughs) like you need to use them but also you need to not lose them too it's like the queen in chess like yeah the MVP of chess. That game you're describing, um, now I didn't play this game much, and I, I watched my husband play quite a bit of it. Um, Divi- sounds like Divinity Dragon Commander in a lot of ways. Okay. Hmm. Now I hadn't heard of that one. Hang huh. on, I'm posting the link to it. Uh, basically, it's this weird hybrid uh, political simulation RTS and turn-based strategy game. Like, I'm not putting it on the list, but hmm. like it sounds a- very similar to this. Right. Oh, I guess there's also another thing in the definition we should uh, address is that real-time strategy typically means that you aren't... Um, it's not turn-based? Turn, t- turn, not typically not turn-based, and mm-hmm. I don't think of any of them that are turn-based. Yeah, so, like, Divinity Dragon Commander has, like, different phases of combat and stuff, and one of the phases involves RTS, but it's it's honestly this really weird kind of game that is some people's like jam mm. um my husband liked it and he had a pretty good time with it but he hasn't touched it in ages so yeah i don't know okay but it, it sounds pretty kind of similar to your warlord's battle cry so maybe give it a look i don't know mm-hmm. okay I, I i will i will certainly look for it for sure um so yeah, uh, some more. You haven't got to talk a little while about something. Another thing on your oh, list. This is an old. So we have three. That... <laughs> we have three so far. Just reference. Um, I'm gonna make this one very quick because this is a this is a okay. very very old game that I haven't that I haven't actually touched in a long while. But uh, I have a lot of fond memories about it. Total Annihilation. This game it is probably mm. one of my top favorites for an RTS to play. Just not not because of any like particular strategies or anything like that, but just because of the sheer chaos that can like just brew out of this game. Like it, you get you get a, a commanding um, robot as like your main feature, like a as your main builder and um, as like your primary defense at the very beginning of the game, and it's a really powerful unit. Um, and the idea is is that you want to eliminate your opponent's um, commanding uh, robot or whatever it is because yeah this this game is very sci-fi based like sci-fi war based where you have like a series of vehicle like war vehicles giant robots nuclear um, warfare and stuff like that it, it's a very very fun game um, unlike most RTSs where they like to have like a fog of war kind of feature to it you get full view of the map in this game. Um, and it, 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 everything just blows out of proportion with the game. There's also no um, population cap on this game, I believe. Um, so you could just make, like, just infinite numbers of, like, robots and, like, war machines, whatever, in your army. 
and just let the floodgates open and then just let chaos just ensue. It's definitely a top favorite. Um, it's... <laughs> It's crazy. Like, it, like even now looking at it, like on Steam, it's a ten out of ten, and for people who like the video game on Google users, it's a ninety-six percent. Um, and like, yeah, like if you haven't picked up this game before, like just give it a try. And yeah, the proof is in the pudding. It's a fantastic game. I definitely recommend it. Hmm. So holy crap! Damn. Back in nineteen ninety-seven, they had DLC for this game. Yeah, and, that, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the initial release date for it. And also, the composer for the music, Jeremy Soule, I believe he oh, also yeah. did... Um, Elder Scrolls. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, what's more well, to say? I mean, it's obviously an amazing game. Neat. Okay. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. Moving on to the next one. Um, uh, assuming that, you know, okay. I mean, like it definitely is an RTS game for sure, but, uh, um, sure. for, it's kind of weird because resources kind of like, um, accumulate over time, but like, uh, the more buildings that you, uh, that you construct in order to be able to get more access to, uh, resources, it'll exponentially increase. And then you just produce more units and then you just build a massive army to try and take out the, uh, the opposing commander. It's definitely a good game. I definitely recommend it. So, um, so we haven't put down, uh, we, we've only put down three so far, so we have seven to go. Uh, it sounded like we have a lot of, they're like, eh, maybe, uh, that kind of thing. So we may end up sort of like filling the gaps here at yeah. the end because we haven't. That one would really definitely be a very strong candidate for sure. Uh huh. Um, so we talked, we touched on it with, uh, Age of Mythologies, but do we want to have Age of Empires on the list? Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah they're absolutely. on my list. I just haven't talked about them yet. Mm-hmm. I think we should okay. definitely talk about that game for sure. Or series. Now, I get the two confused between Age of Empires and Empire Earth. Mm. I don't now, even know that second game, so... <laughs> I am going to Google it right now. Empire you guys don't know Empire Earth? Earth. Okay. <laughs> Looking this up. Oh, whoa, whoa, what? Empire Earth, what? Oh, for a minute I thought it said Empire Earth 7, and I was like, oh my god, how did I not know about this? Um, okay, I... I can see why you would get this confused with Age of Empires looking at these screenshots. Yeah, this yeah. is very similar. Hmm. I played Empire Earth more, and I know that I like Empire Earth more. Um... Now the difference is so Age of Empires. Um, this is pretty much your your, I would say your most vanilla classic style of a v RTS yep. where destroy the buildings and the units, um, and you're going to progress in technology mm -hmm. uh, with trees and that kind of stuff. I don't know if you go through ages in that one, do you? For uh, in Empire Age of Earth Empires two. Age of Empires. Yeah, yeah, yeah for Age of Empires. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you go through, I think, like, uh, like early medieval era, and then you go into, like, feudal, and then, like, uh, imperial at some point. Yeah, it, you do go through, like, ages, and then you do get, like, um, different, le like, more advanced levels of technology as you progress. Um, sure. So, I, I can't speak to this one as much as I, as I can with Empire Earth. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at, like, this one video. It says, Empire Earth 2, from Stone Age to Space. 
that's yes. that's a pretty like yes. large gradient to go from like one end to the other. That's a huge spectrum. So um, so imagine if they had all the levels of spore <laughs> that they intended. And that's the, oh my the amount of God. ages that you go through in Empire Earth. Oh so Empire God. Earth, it literally is like uh, prehistoric Stone Age or something like that. Uh, goes into the Bronze Age and the Copper Age. And then yep. you go into like, you actually go into like the Imperial Age and like Revolutionary Age and uh, Industrial Age. Like you go through like a lot of ages and then you're like modern age, and then there's like seven more after modern. Oh my! And it's God. like, it the 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 amount of it. And a crazy thing is, that was independent to each like player on the map. So like, uh, much in how civilizations does it, you could be behind another player fairly far. So, like, if you rushed it, and you could be like, hey, I want the modern era, and they're still in medieval times. Wow. Um, and units didn't age also. So, huh. you would have a, a, a thing, if you had a unit survive, you could have, like, literally, like, the Neanderthal spearmen from the Stone Age uh, up against, like, Blackhawk helicopters. <laughs> like, oh my god they're I going mean, to lose that that could happen in uh that happens in age of empires as well that can happen there too and in civ <laughs> yeah yeah that's true yeah it's, it's true um and i'm not i'm not as versed in age of empires i played it um but then i was always like yeah i just prefer empire earth um so i think E to me, either one is a fairly notable game. Mm -hmm. Age of Empires was clearly the more popular one. Um, Empire Earth is the one that I connected with more just because, you know, the, the different levels of ages and all the crazy stuff that you could do. But, like, I don't really know what the other one did in comparison to really say whether it was better or not. This game um, does actually look quite promising. I mean, some of the publishers include Activision, Activision Blizzard, Vivendi. Um, let me see. Developers. So the first Steel. one was in 2002 by Stainless Steel Studios, also known as SSI. Or yeah. SSSI or something like that. Um, so, like, that's the original developers. But, yeah, eventually they end up being shoved around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I feel like the, the problem with a lot of this genre is that, like, there's some unique standout ones, right? But then there's, like, a lot of the same feelings. Like, Empire Earth and Age of Empires, they feel the same to me. So, I don't you know, know if mean? you saw the thing there's I posted not... in the planning channel here. They had the same lead designer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, they're basically, like, half-siblings. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard to distinguish at all between the two, but I think they're both notable in some way. Um, there, there's a glaring hole that we haven't talked about yet in 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 this genre, <laughs> and that's yeah. Warcraft. Um, and none of us played Warcraft that much. However, I think one of the Warcrafts deserves a place on the list is how ubiquitous it was and spawned World of Warcraft eventually 
And StarCraft came off of Warcraft, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, Warcraft needs to be on this list, even though none of us have played it. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. I mean, like, StarCraft was nothing more than Warcraft in space when it first came out, so, I mean, you know. Right. And Warcraft, I mean, it, it has become pop culture. It's also the one that has a movie. Yeah. Um, although I think you can argue Command and Conquer was a movie. Yeah, sort of. I'm very familiar with the Warcraft movie. The one where the orcs were more compelling characters than the humans. You know, um, that's fine. I, 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 I don't understand why you expected that to be otherwise or what the problem with that is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you, I think um, it might be pretty clear which side of the which side of the <laughs> war I was on. <laughs> I mean, for the horde, right? For the like, horde. Alliance can go suck it because <laughs> they have all the bad guys in all of Warcraft lore. Yep. Yeah, all they of do. them except for Hellscream. Except for Hellscream. <laughs> like, I don't even follow Warcraft. I'm like, that guy was an alliance dude. That guy was an alliance dude. Um, that guy was an alliance dude. Like. Apparently, Sylvanas has been committing war crimes lately. Oh, but... yeah. So, Hellscream and then Sylvanas, yeah. Of course. She did, like, bird, burn down the tree that had all the druids in it. Yeah, she did commit mass <laughs> mass murder of the druids. It's, that's true. <laughs> you never pick a fight with, like, a... Oh, darn it. Ah, I tripped over my own tongue. I was going to make a joke saying that you never make fun of, like, magical hippies, you know. You know. The sorceress tree huggers. You just leave them alone. Let them do their thing, you know? They're all hopped up on grass. Nope, she just she just burned them all down. It's just not right. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. Okay, Warcraft so I, I don't think we have much to... S- mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we have much to say about Warcraft because we haven't played it too much, but it is really, like... Okay, so uh, I do have one. one thing to say. Um, I'm really sad that mm-hmm. uh, Warcraft 3 Reforged, or whatever the hell they're calling it, I'm really, oh, really yeah. sad that it's turned out to be a pile of crap. Because oh, no. I was I was yeah. looking forward to having a reskinned, remastered version of Warcraft that I could stand to look at so I could play it. <laughs> mm, yeah, we were all looking forward to Warcraft 3 remastered. I mean, we as in you all. I had no aspirations of getting this ever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, and it is, it is sad because, you know, like it, it's, it's sort of a comment on Blizzard as a company Oh yeah. In, mm-hmm. in these days. So on, you know, of we talked about today, like Blizzard has a hand in the RTS genre because of Warcraft, because of Starcraft, arguably some of the biggest ones in the whole genre. And they, they, they are all arguably the biggest in the ARP genre. Their biggest, they almost didn't start, but they really sort of like, in quotations, you know, launched the hero shooter genre with Overwatch. Yeah. Um, there was things before that, but uh, it didn't take off till Overwatch. Oh, oh, oh and, um, you know, also the, uh, the uh, Dota genre spawned off of Warcraft 3. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true, too. Yeah, because Defense of the Ancients was a mod inside of Warcraft 3. Um, so, like, the, Blizzard ha- was such a monolith of not just, like, all these games that people love, but also be- treating the community right and being a responsible 
company to their customers a lot of the time. Uh, sort of seen like as the sort of like good guys, and they have turned a 180 in the past 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on in Blizzard, but they really need to get their heads out of there. Beep! Well, I mean, it's started not entirely, you know, it started with the merger with Activision. And it was probably happening before that, too. Yeah. Um, but it really kicked it off. And a lot of their, like, so, old uh, developers and the old, like, the people who were, like, kind of in charge have left in the in the last right, couple yeah. of years. Wyatt Chang. That was the dude that said, do you have cell phones? I just remembered his name. <laughs> Listen here, Mr. Chang. Just because we all have phones does not mean we're going to play a crummy game, okay? You know, gotta right. understand, Mr. Chang. But, I mean, people are, like, even though I'm, you know, Morg, how excited for Diablo 4 I mm -hmm. am. Uh, Dia like, aside from, like, I'm super excited for Doom Eternal. Like, I, I just, I'm, like, buzzing with excitement for that game. But my next one would be Diablo 4. And I'm eating up any sort of news I can. I'm playing all sorts of ARPGs just to be, like, hold myself over mm -hmm. for the next seven years until that comes out. <laughs> yeah i'm exaggerating but like it's gonna be a while um, it's a time-honored tradition that for like all of blizzard's best games they take the longest time to craft they got to put their heart and soul into they, it they announce them very early too yes um the thing is like well except for overwatch overwatch had a quick turnover but um the uh <laughs> it's just like they're like the warcraft 3 problem that we have now is is really just like there's these high expectations that they're always going to have because Blizzard quality is something they say themselves, and they're not meeting their own quality. Nope. And they're not they're not meeting their own quality as far as talking to customers. We had a good I don't know three weeks of talking about uh, the oh gosh what was it the China Revolution issue. Where Blizzard, um, where they yeah, yeah, yeah they, guy, uh, they kicked out that uh, that that Hearthstone player, yeah, yeah. Yes, I do remember that. I was trying to remember the game that he was playing. It was Hearthstone. Uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, so the, yeah, the Hearthstone player. We have like all these problems that they're just stumbling over themselves that are really bad PR stuff on top of. All sorts of game problems, you know, at this point. I think Overwatch was their last real clean release. And even then, you know, there's the there was the usual controversy with Overwatch that wasn't anything big. So, yeah, it's just kind of sad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Pan, do you have another one on your list? I do, and this one's way out of left field. Okay. I'm excited. Simant. Sim oh. Ant. Okay. I have seen the box for this. It meets all the criteria. Oh my Interesting. god. Sim Ant. Did you ever play it? No. It's 1991 Life Simulation yep. video game. By Matt. I had this game on a goddamn floppy disk. <laughs> oh my god. It Huh. No, I did play this. There was, there was, uh, I think there was an NES port. There probably was. 
Oh, so, my. Simant, for those of us who were born after 1996, <laughs> uh, Simant <laughs> was a game made by Will Wright. You'll know him from, uh, he also invented The Sims and pretty much every good game that Maxis ever made. Right. <laughs> And you play as a little ant who uh, is trying to help his colony, the black ants, beat the enemy colony, the red ants. There's also a mechanic where there's the, home, the the guy who lives in the house, like, mows his lawn and, like, ants get sucked up into the lawnmower. And there's very, very gruesome descriptions of what happens when they get sucked up in the lawnmower. Oh, no. <laughs> and there, there's a spider that runs around and eats the ants. There's little ant lions that you can fall into. But um, the thing is, is that, like, you can, like, tap X, and then you can click on any black ant on the map, and you can be that black ant. So there are, like, there's the queen ant, there's worker ants, there's soldier ants, and then there's breeder drones. And you can, you can manipulate what types of ants the colony makes through, like, little sliders. You can, like, move this little dot around a triangle to make more breeders or make more workers or more soldiers. Oh, I had an NES Super Nintendo port. Yeah, not yeah, NES, yeah, SNES, sorry. yeah. And um, the the point of the game was to eliminate all the red ants in the yard and uh, colonize the house to the degree that the guy like moves out and uh, runs away screaming from the house. So genocide. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, they're ants. What do you expect? <laughs> that, that just sounds like the basis right. for every RTS game. It's just like mass genocide. Right. Kill them all. That's true. Yeah. That should have been that should have been in our definition. Just genocide. Mass genocide. Yes, that is a feature in this Mass game. Mass genocide. Total warfare. And, and there's like this sandbox mode where instead of being the ant, you're basically god, and you can like spawn food or spawn more ants or spawn spiders or whatever. Oh. Okay, so kind of like the city builder ish thing where bit. you throw in Godzilla. Yes. Yes. And uh, so cool. you had, like, as the little yellow ant, like, the more things you did, like, your, your hunger meter would, you know, you'd get hungry. And if you didn't eat, you'd eventually curl up and die. Uh, or if you were hungry, if your hunger meter, like, started getting really low and you were near other black ants, they would come up and feed you. Like, they would, like, because ants do hmm. this thing where they throw up in each other's mouths to feed each other. I'm already loving That's this amazing. game. Like this is just yeah. phenomenal. It is. It is an insanely so, in-depth game for something that came out in 1991. I mean, yeah, it's the, it's the same guy. Like he. Yeah, it's Will Wright. There's so. a reason why people love love him. So. Yeah. So here's. Uh, so I found a little text box of one of your gruesome descriptions that you talked about. Oh yeah. This is one of. This is when a spider eats you. Your guts are dissolved and you and then drained away as you are desiccated by the spider. Yep. That sounds pretty accurate to what a spider would do to somebody. Yeah, it would. Uh, I mean, it is what a spider does, but it's just it's a great yeah. great way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah, and like if you fall in the ant lion pit, it's like your body is crushed in the jaws of the ant lion and it turned into a mushy pulp. Nice. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. I'm really sure you can find it on GOG. Oh gosh, don't make me. It's like four bucks. Sweet Christ! How can I say no to that kind of a deal? Hang on, I don't know if it's actually. Four I bucks, have. But it was four bucks when I bought it on GOG. I think. Oh my! Download Sim Ant. Wait, what? My oh, they don't got it on GOG anymore? What the fuck? 
Yeah. Well, there's you can find it. it. I, I will tell you this: you can find it. Okay. I typed in ant and it said Titan Quest Atlantis. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. So, yeah, that's another one to look out for. Um, I'm okay with that going on a list. That's very unique, and I like that. Yeah, and it, like, as the yellow ant, there's all kinds of different things you can do to help, like, help your colony. You can gather food and uh, fight the red ants. And there's fun there's tons of silly little strategies you can do to, like, fuck up the red ants. It's It's great. I like it. I'm 100%. More, any objections? I'm 100% behind this. I mean, like, it's <laughs> it's within my birth year. I can't say no to that, you know? It's it's beautiful. The, the game is as old as you. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, yes. It, this is my long-lost twin. Yes, we're going to be very good friends. And for $4 of that, oh, man. How can I say By that? that logic, my long-lost twin would be the Land Before Time. I'm good. That's good. Hey, Land Before okay. Time is a classic. It's great. Everybody yeah. loves it. <laughs> Who doesn't like talking um, dinosaurs in musicals? Great I mean, Land Before Time's not a musical. Uh, not a the first one. Yeah, I mean, no, not the first not one. Not the first one. That's true, yeah. The, the, first the first one, one was very it's the good one. <laughs> no, no, yeah. It's the good one out of 15 of them. Yeah, it's the one where, yeah. you know, the mom dies. Yes, I remember that scene. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that, that still gets me. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> it hurts. It breaks my heart. That poor apotosaurus. So, um, so I only have two left on my list, and I, I've mentioned, uh, we mentioned one of them last week quite a bit, and then the other one I mentioned earlier, which is Command and Conquer. I have not personally played Command and Conquer, but Command and Conquer is known for two things, and that's those weird, crazy FMV videos that they did for the scenarios. Oh yeah. And then also its sense of humor. Not only with those videos, but, like, whatever mission you're doing. Um, it was sort of a more modern tanks and that kind of stuff. You don't really play through ages and that kind of thing, but you're sort of commanding missions and building and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys uh, particularly played uh, Command & Conquer or not. Um, um, not in a very long time. So this was made by Westwood Studios, as far as I can find, in 1995 as the first one. Uh, this went on to create several sequels uh, through the days, um, but unfortunately has not had seen anything, you know, because, like, the latest game on our list is 2009, which was Halo Wars. Yeah. Before that, 2006. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's good to mention. I don't have a lot to say on it, because obviously I didn't play it. But um, it is it is a notable mark on RTSs because of a the humor and b one of the few games that br embraced FMV videos <laughs> and survived. <laughs> um, and they went hard on them uh, too. They if did. you guys ever get the chance, um, watch some of them. They are crazy. Uh, and also very terribly acted and very terribly shot. But yeah, but worth it um and the other one i have on my list is stronghold legends uh so the stronghold series is certainly something we talked about last week yeah uh, oh yeah 
Uh, so Stronghold Legends is certainly an RTS. This is the one I talked about with the Bat Bomb, and we got into how that was terrible that we actually tried that here in the United States. <laughs> but, you know, it was an actual bat that was the bomb instead of strapping a bomb to a bat. Uh, um, I don't know how well the Stronghold series holds up. I know that I played it quite a bit with my brother and my college friends uh, online. Um, but uh, Stronghold Legends itself was actually in 2006 from Firefly Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Stronghold something uh, should be on the list because Stronghold was a very long surviving many sequeled series um, that specifically honed in on sort of RTS uh, medieval times versus what we see as like a lot of modern day stuff. Yeah. So I don't know what stronghold would go on here, but some kind of stronghold. <laughs> now I say legends because that's the one that I played the most, but you pan were more into stronghold too. Yeah, but um, I honestly never ever played the RTS ones. I always um, I always just enjoyed the uh, the economic games, which is why to the me it's city a city builder part. Yeah, yeah, it's a city builder game to me, but it is really an RTS. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're talking about the fire giants in uh, Age of Mythologies, Morg? Um, yeah. They... Um, I actually, this is the first time that I ever heard of Stronghold Legends, but yeah. Um, they have ice and fire giants in this also, depending on your team that you chose, which is could be the Nords. So it, it's very similar to Age of Mythologies in some aspects like that, but um, I may check this game I'm... out actually because it, it it's got pretty solid reviews. It looks yeah, really no, it's good. it's a good one. Um, so yeah, so Command and Conquer, Stronghold Legends. Uh, is there anything else on on your list, Pan, that we haven't talked about? Um, so well, two things. One, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think any of us have played any of the Total War games. Total War. I have, and that I forgot about him. Um, they are certainly part of this uh and they are actually a modern iteration yeah, yeah that's the thing like that's the one modern rts i can think of but i actually have i haven't played them hmm. i have they're far too complicated for me it looks um, yeah, intense, people, people actually. keep telling me to play them you know what i'm gonna look i may actually own one on steam so, um, another game that I was going to sort of try to squeeze in here, but I, I think our definition uh, doesn't really include it. But still, I swore to squeeze this game into any category I felt I could maybe possibly get it into. Crusader Kings 2. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Now, there are certainly um, there are certainly resource management, and uh, it is in real time, although you can pause it as much as you want, but nothing happens while it's paused. But you don't exactly have a base, really. But combat and war is certainly a part of a game that uh, was originally about, you know, fighting the Crusades, but now it's more like a a medieval dynasty simulator game. Hmm. Hmm. And have either of you ever played Crusader Kings 2? I have not. Uh, I've heard of it. Um, oh wait, yeah, now I remember. Spiffing Brit did a, uh, did that game. It's more yeah. like a turn based game, but it is a good one. Um, uh, no, it, it is not turn based. He just kept pausing it a lot. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That that makes that oh, that explains why it felt like a turn based game. But yeah, that explains it. Um, yeah, it 
it's a pretty cool game. Um, it looks really, really compl- complicated. Um, it is so oh god, it is. Like, it kind of makes me think think of uh, what is it? Uh, uh, I don't want to get the name of the title wrong. Uh, Victoria Two. Okay, yeah, uh, same studio. Hmm. Same studio. Uh, they also did Hearts of Iron and Europa Universalis. Okay, that explains why there's so, some similarities between the two that I was able to tie together from that. Yeah, because, yeah, I remember Victoria 2. That game is insanely good. Really, really fun. More narrative-associated and looking at, like, um, you know, a larger world map and then, like, seeing, like, how much influence you have and how much territory you have. It's, it, it's yeah. a different game. It's a totally different yeah. animal from RTS. And- and I don't think that Crusader Kings 2 technically really falls in the realm of uh, real-time strategy. But, you know, people who like strategy games and who can uh, deal with, like, the 9 billion menus that Crusader Kings 2 has would probably enjoy it. But you need to right. take, like, a community college course in how to play it before you can really get how to play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not joking. No, no, and that's 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 actually something that um that I that I actually don't like in games a lot of times when it gets so complex that you have to um go through so many tutorials because I'm very much an advocate of learning for yourself. It's uh, a very well, medieval politics game. Let's just put yeah. it like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a medieval no, politics simulator. That's 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 what it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a game that that is like that that that, that is sort of like a politics sim- simulator, but it's it's not an RTS. It's one of the what do they call those? Um, Grand strategy. I'm trying to think of what what they call the the, the space exploration ones. Whether it's like four X, mm-hmm. yeah. So I have a four X mm-hmm. game called The Last Federation. It's that's quite a bit like that. Um, I'm trying to find it. Yeah, and Crusader Kings Two is honestly more of a 4x game, I think, than a uh, than a an RTS. So I just kind of wanted to yeah. give it an honorable mention, but I don't think it goes on the list. And then that's the end of my list. Okay, Morg, do you have any more to talk about? We've we've hit all of mine. Well, uh, one of mine would. <laughs> now you guys are gonna laugh because you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, not another one of these games." And I'm gonna say StarCraft Two. And I'm going to say StarCraft 2 because it took everything that was StarCraft and then it like revamped it and it really revolutionized it to a different scale with the way that the gameplay worked, with how the units worked. Um, and like it took like some elements of like the older game, but then it just scaled it up to like a 12. Um, like they now like in the older games, like units would be very restricted to either being on the ground or in the air. With StarCraft Two, like some units, like for example, the Viking was a unit mm-hmm. that could like traverse the skies, or it could become a ground unit. Um, then there were units like the Reaper, which were a ground unit that could scale up and down cliffs to be able to get to um, get into bases or to you know get away from certain forces. Um, then there were units like the Roach that were able to burrow underground, but then move as they were going underground. Or they would get benefits, like they would heal more quickly if they took damage, if they were burrowed underground. And then there were other units that they included into the game, like the Immortal, which, if it was hit by, like, very heavy damage, um, its shields would actually harden up so it would be able to absorb more damage more efficiently, and then you've got other ships like the Mothership, uh, Stalkers, 
Um, you know, units like the mothership is just absolutely broken, like with its like time field, whatever, it, where it would um, slow down the rate of movement and like the fire rate of like certain projectiles coming out of like certain units when they were attacking. Um, void rays, where the longer that they would be firing their beam for, the more concentrated the damage would be, and then it would just increase exponentially. Um, honestly, there's so much to StarCraft right now, especially with um, the co-op commanders feature that you can play online, where you can um, take hold of, like, a hero in the game, you get specialized mm -hmm. units, and what you do is you just do, um, like, um, uh, missions that are unique like they they were they were kind of taken from the campaign, but then they were like um, made much more aggressive and much more difficult to actually accomplish. And you had to have a teammate with you to be able to you you know usually beat those kinds of missions. And there would be a yep. clear objective that you'd have to accomplish. And depending upon who you had on your team, they would have like special abilities that were unique to them, even though they would either be like Terran, Zerg, or Protoss. Um, but, but like there are some, uh, commanders, like for example, Alexei Stukov, who is infested, sorry for the big spoiler, where he would actually control infested Terrans, which was he is, really uh, He's fun. infested in, uh, Heroes of the Storm. Like he's yeah. a Heroes of the Storm hero and he's like all gooped over and everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like It's it, okay. Yeah. There's a, there were a lot of characters he could play as. And I think, um, one of the, one of the most fun ones that you could play as was, um, What's his name? Uh, Egon Stetman, where you, where you would have like cyborg zergs, and then what you would do is you would set up like little satellites everywhere where you would be able to transmit energy and stuff like that. And depending upon what kind of a frequency you had those fields adjusted to, it would either like heal your units, make them faster, or it would um, supply them with more energy, stuff like that. It's really really fun. Um, um, what else was I gonna say? Um. Yeah, it, and as um, StarCraft Two has been going through the years with more expansions, um, Heart of the Swarm, for example, it introduced uh, units like the Oracle, which would uh, fire like concentrated beams, but it would use its energy at, to attack. But it was also a caster, so between you know attacking or you know choosing to um, cast down like stasis uh, wards or stuff like that, or using uh, Revelation to detect units. You know, there was a lot of um, uses for those. Um, swarm hosts were really interesting for being able to spawn little mini units, like little locusts, and then send them out in waves to attack your opponents. Um, there were a lot of uh, strategies between using swarm hosts and nidus worms to play whack-a-mole, where you would pop up in a certain area, release your locusts, then get back inside the nidus worm and then run away. Um, mm hmm um, yeah, there were just a ton of units, and one of them for, I think, Protoss was the most interesting was the Adept, which was basically a zealot that could just fire beams, but then it would um, create, like, a specter that you would have control over both the specter and the Adept, and, like, depending upon, like, once you cast it, it would send that sort of phantom off, and you could send it into whatever direction you wanted, and if you let the... Um, uh, the spell cast for the full time, um, the phantom would disappear and the adept would show in the place of where the phantom was. So it, oh, it was just it, like, there were a lot of mechanics to this game that they added into it that just make it so phenomenal. Like it's, Oh, uh, I, I'm, I'm, there's so much I want to say, but I don't have the words to say it. 
and my mouth is getting really dry. I need a glass of water. But yeah, it, it's <laughs> definitely one of those games that really is on the list. Like it, it stands apart from like standard StarCraft games because like it's been given a lot of TLC, and it's it was released I think in 2010 with Wings of Liberty. But like since then, it's been getting nothing mm-hmm. but patches and updates. And, you know, expansion. And it's it's 2020, and they're still adding more balance changes to it. And people are still playing it and yeah. loving it. And there's still tournaments being held where there are hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. And it's just... It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Great game. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, like, it's... It, it, my impression is that it wasn't nearly as regarded as the old one. Right? Because it suffered a lot of growing pains mm-hmm. yeah yeah it did not it does not have the <clears throat> the reputation that old starcraft and brood war had but it's definitely a really good game i would say that it's probably my second favorite of the starcraft series even though there's only two but yeah it, it's definitely a game that really holds up nowadays because it's it's pretty phenomenal okay um. Okay, so there's a, there any more else on there? Hmm. I've got nothing list? else. Yeah, I'm run pretty dry. So we have confirmed five, and then we have a couple more to fill in hmm. as we see fit. Oof. Um, RTS is so, it's, a, it's a very niche. Well, see, the thing is, like, none of us are super high on the other ones, right? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. because we're not all, like, no one's been playing these games that much for the past, like, however many years. So, like, we play them off what, and on, for sure. What are the five? So, what, so the ones that we have for sure already are Age of Mythology, StarCraft, Pikmin, Warcraft 3. I think that was the one that fit on for all of us. Yeah. And then uh, Sim Ant, because, my gosh, that's just amazing. Yeah. Um, so on the, on the table, uh, at least from my list, we still have Age of Empires, uh, Empire Earth, Halo Wars, Stronghold something, you know, Stronghold Legend, Stronghold 2, Stronghold mm-hmm. So let's, HD, let's throw an Age whatever. of Empires game and Empire Earth on there, or maybe tag those two together, like you can play one, but you don't gotta play both. Yeah. Do we want to say Age of Empires... Two or three, because both oh, two. Are, number two is a really, really good one, for two sure. Is the, two is the good, the really good one. Honestly, I thought that three was kind of... Three uh, is kind of weird. I, it is. It's really weird. It does not play like uh, other Age of Empires games. Yeah, I would say that, yeah. I do want to advocate for Warlords because of its uniqueness in the genre, mm. of having such a singular unit be so important, which is your hero. That one definitely um, can fit on the list for sure because it is very unique to the way that it plays. Um, it does play. There are some features to it that are kind of like Total Annihilation, but Total Annihilation has um, it's set in a different time. Like it, its own theme and themes are completely different to um, Warlord. Um, I think we should definitely suggest one of the Stronghold series. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I'll just say I only have opinion on Stronghold Two. I have no opinion on the others. Okay. I briefly touched into Stronghold Two, but it was only campaign stuff. We'll, go, um, we'll, we'll just go with Legends because we recommended Stronghold Two last week. It's true. Yeah. 
There we go. Stronghold Legends. Um, I will go ahead and put both Empire Earth and a uh, Age of Empires. Mm -hmm. so that leaves us with one left. So we have added Age of Empires 2, Warlords Battlecard 3, Stronghold Legends, and Empire Earth. Did you forget Total Annihilation? I did. <gasps> Total Annihilation. We have How a complete list! Yes. Oh my god. I don't know how to spell that word. Oh well. <laughs> uh, I, think it's with, I think it's with two N's and I and H and I. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I spelled I spelled annihilation. So we'll we'll it, it it'll get fixed on my correct stuff when I post this stuff. Yep. But there you go. Uh, that is our that is our official list. Is Age of Mythology, Starcraft, Pikmin, Warcraft Three, Sim and Age of Empires Two, Warlords Battlecry Three, Stronghold Legends, Empire Earth, and Total Annihilation. Cool. Excellent. RTSs. Um, that one was a little more. Um, I don't know. It was like I we we had a we had a strong start, but I felt like as we got sort of drilled down to, we're kind of like all like eh, like these are not like maybe <laughs> like, yeah like yeah we didn't have strong opinions after the first five like yeah um, um there's only so many like good RTSs because like the market was flooded with so many crappy ones yeah right um. And I think we ended up picking some of the more mundane ones in the end, like Empire Earth, I would say. Um, but uh, there's some unique ones, too, like Battle Cry 3, Sim Ant, and Pikmin, definitely unique in the genre. Because mm -hmm. um, you almost, like, we have to almost question whether they are or not. But, um, yeah, uh, I feel I feel that was a, it was a good one. So what are we going to do next time? Uh, more we had you kind of pick mm -hmm. last time. So that means it's your Pan. turn. Yes, it's it my is. turn. Yeah, I pick city builders. Oh, Fortuan, what are you going to pick for us today? Uh, I'm just I'm going to I'm going to bask in this a little bit. As in, I actually have two two different ones I'm thinking of. I'm going to go with the easier one first and say fighting games. You cut out. What was it? Sorry, fighting games. Oh, fighting games. yes. Okay. Oh, my God. There's so many of them. I'm going to tell you right this now. This is going to be good. My experience yeah. with fighting games is limited to Smash Brothers, Soul Calibur 2, uh -huh. and a little bit of Street Fighter 2. Oh, I've got I've got a list I mean, for you. Oh, boy. That's still pretty solid. Like, I have a list that may hit 15. Um, I love the genre. However... I am not a fighting game person, as in I don't stick with the game very long. I'm basically what they call a casual fighting game fan. Oh, I play I just the story, okay. and I'm done. I just remembered like a really weird one out in the middle of nowhere that I can come up with. I think that's turning into my thing with these lists. <laughs> I mean, we all have that, right? So we all have that obscure game that we love to, to uh, that we love to put in there. Like this, this time. Uh, I think Sim Ant was your out of the left field on that one. Even P Pikmin felt obvious, although we didn't think of it, uh, Morgan and I. But uh, Warlords Battlecry 3 was my out of left field, and I'm pretty sure An An Annihilation was uh, Morgan. Yeah, it definitely was. I was just like, oh my god, total Annihilation. So, so we always end up having like one that it's like, hey, this is our thing, and we'd like to have it here. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> um, 
I think that's that's probably going to be a thing. I have a couple obscure fighting games for next week also. Uh, Mark, um, did you know that there's a spiritual successor series of Total Annihilation? Really? I'm going to have to look at this. Which one is it? I just posted the link for you. Oh. Supreme Commander. Oh, I have this game. I've heard of Supreme Commander. Why? Do- yeah. <laughs> Oh, good old THQ, man. Oh, lovely. Ah. Oh. Yes. Yep. Yep. Gas powered games. I know them. Yep. And then there was a Supreme cool. Commander 2 um, that came I out have... in like 2010. Yeah, I have Supreme Commander 2. I've got it on Steam, but I never played it. Uh. So, uh. Get geared up for uh, for fighting matches next week, as we uh, as we talk about fighting games. Um, I don't think we need to put any like restrictions on it. There's a lot of these, but like, I don't think it's worth it to say 2D or 3D or anything like that. Um, just whatever comes across. I think eventually we're going to end up delving into some weird things, but eh. Yeah, and that's <laughs> fine. And I think like the fighting game genre is pretty like. I don't know. You don't, you don't have to dive into a, a solid explanation with it. It, it makes, you know, it's yeah. just there. Oh, yeah. 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 No, but we still will try to do it before we start naming games <laughs> next week. I'm tired. I'm sorry. Go night-night. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Because i got to keep a schedule, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is Fortwan. You can catch me at HunterSubPod on Twitter. Um, you'll probably see me doing a lot of tweets about Doom still. Like, it's mostly been about Doom. All about Doom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyways, I'll see you guys in the next quest. And on that quest, where you be, more. Well, you guys can find me on Twitter. Um at Morgan Hay three, um, I'm probably going to be trying my best to post as much uh, of like uh, the video game content that I'm actually going to be playing right now. For example, Unreal Tournament 2004 is a game I'm playing. Um, I'm trying to find ways to capture uh, my playthroughs of Freelancer, but um, yeah, it's not working out. But um, I've also got some footage of uh, me and my bro. Um, we're playing a game called. Uh, what is it called again? I was talking about this oh, a while ago. It was called... Hmm. I swear to God. It was called... The it was the, uh, the Rogue game, game that I recently got. It was called... Oh. Oh, frick. Where is it? Ugh. My brain. My brain shut down, guys. I don't know what it is. I don't remember the game that I just got off of playing hours ago. This was... is amazing. Oh, my God. I thought I was the tired one. Oh, my brain. It's in here somewhere. All right. Morg. There it is. Yeah, Dead Twitter. Cells. Yeah, that game. It's a fantastic oh, game. Oh, yeah. You guys have been talking about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a great game. You guys... Definitely worth playing. I, I definitely recommend it. Fortuan, you should you should definitely get it. Promise me that you'll, oh, you'll get it. Oh, I just love giving people crap because they're like, you're gonna love it, and I'm like, really? Oh, why am I gonna love it? Oh my it? god, dude! <laughs> it, 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 it's it's your archetypical rogue game that features like all these different features from all these other games that you can play, like Ninja Gaiden, Metroid, uh, Castlevania, uh, and yes, I did say that there were uh, elements of Diablo in it. It's a fantastic game. Pl- 
please try it, please, for me. But um, yeah, I'll just po- I'll just post the <laughs> stuff on there, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Like some of the stuff that goes on in that game, it's just absolutely insane. I'm definitely going to be posting more of it. Unfortunately, my brother is getting way too far ahead of me in that game. We were doing like loser passes on, where every time each one of us dies, we would hand it off to the next person. But he's killing the game, and I may have to start a new file on my own because I don't want to be carried by him because he's much better at these games than I am. It hurts. Hurts my pride. <laughs> like he's, okay, he's, and he's destroying bosses. And uh, and Pan, <laughs> where, can, where can we find you? <laughs> um, you can mostly find me also on Hunter's Hub. I have a D and D podcast called The Chronicles of Ramon. Um, you can also yep. find me on Reddit. I moderate r slash D&D behind the screen, and you can find me yelling at you to read the rules. Yeah. No, it's a thing. I did that, too. It was... I didn't yell at people, though. I love rules. Oh. Sometimes bending them a little bit. I just... See what I can get away with. I just... I just copy-pasted <laughs> the rules and dropped the mic and walked away. Like, here you go. I'm, Boom. I don't do the social media as much as these other two. Um, and I am working on getting uh, the Chronicles of Vermont updated because we just had a pretty epic adventure the other night. But I'm not going to get oh, into it because a... Fort and Morg are tired. I mean, I am tired, but yes, I you were so excited. <laughs> I was, I was so excited, and like, yeah, my, yeah. There was also a little bit you of were... wine involved in that last night. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you, everyone, for listening.